0: Hello, and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Can I just say, it's amazing when you announce these marriage times and that everyone thinks, well, I don't need that. It's like that's for the desperate cases. I'm telling you, we all need investment into our marriages. We all need uh, a little bit of life added. Sometimes just talking about some of the stuff. And if you're married, you know about the stuff. And when you talk about it, it brings life, it allows life to flow in, it allows energy to come back. So I would really encourage you. We're going to have a few different things. We're going to have a speaker, and we're also going to have a couple couples with different stories sharing something of their stories to encourage us, to strengthen us. I'm telling you, marriage is one of the areas the enemy is getting in and using crazy ways. And I've got such a conviction and such a passion to see God restore, bring healing, wholeness. Actually, we should have the best marriages in the world. I honestly think marriages are the signs and wonders pointing to God. We're given this unity, this intimacy. That's just a taste of the intimacy we can have with the King of Kings. So can I ask, prioritize this time? I know it's a Friday night, and um, I know it's all those things. We're going to have a whole bunch of fun. This morning was just a taste. Emmanuel's our new game show host. Gabe has got some game shows in training. He said he's going to do some training. But um, it's really going to be exciting and fun time together. Is that good? Friday night here at the building. You don't need a register. Just come through. And we won't. The guys have been saying, oh, we're going to have to sit across from each other and kiss um, I won't do that to you. I promise you. How are you? I can, everyone's a little quiet this morning. I feel like I need to tell you that I did rip my pants this morning. Just here. I feel like showing a little bit of leg from the pulpit never hurts, apparently. So um, it is not because I'm going for a Beyonce look at all. Um, it literally did split as I stood on the stage. So we're just going to keep moving forward and act casual. That's what we do. So when we, The most thing is just act casual like it was planned. So it was like a Jennifer Lopez, uh, what do you call those? Slip-ups. Do you, it's one of those. Wardrobe malfunction was actually part of the plan. It's all, uh, not quite as edgy. For some of you, need a little more time. So can you start turning to Jonah? Because I know it's going to take a few moments. It is a book in the Bible. And it is in there, I promise you. Go. The book of Jonah. In my book, Bible, it is page 772. But we want to read and end. We are starting a new series today, and it's an amazing series called Man on the Run. And part of it is, as we look at the book of John, and part as we understand the mandate and the mission of the gospel, is that everyone's on a run. We're all on a run. We're either running to the things of God, or we're running from them. Those are our options. There aren't too many other options. It's even standing still. You're not really standing still. You are stuck. You are moving backwards. And there's no new neutral gear in the gospel. We know that. So we're moving forward in God, and we're taking ground, and we're asking Him to keep taking ground and moving us forward. So we kick off. It's a, a short series in the book. of There's only four chapters in this book, and um, we want to make sure that as we engage around this chapter, and, and the reality is everyone knows something about Jonah. It's like the one thing people love to throw at you. That book in the Bible, No ways a Whale, and all the stories. So we all got something of an idea of Jonah, but there's a whole backstory. An incredible story. Incredible story that reveals something of Jesus, something of the heart of God, and something of the mission and mandate of every believer. See, as we look at Jonah, we can see something of Jesus, a call to bring redemption to a whole city through one man going. Granted, he didn't do very well with answering that call. But actually, each of us are Jonah too. We're all running. We have a choice to run with God and to listen to God and to hear Him and to call on for more. Or we have a choice to run the other way. So let us turn. If you have your Bibles, if you don't, we will put it on the screens. But I would love us to encourage us to read the Word together and engage the Word together. So please bring your Bibles as we move forward. Jonah chapter 1. Are we there? Who's still looking for Jonah? Honest, this is family. It's okay. There we go. We have a hand. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittar. Who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From who, what, are your, what people are you? He answered, I am Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. Jesus, we come this morning, and just as we sang, we need you, God. We need your spirit of God to take us deeper, to call us to more to ignite fires deep inside where we would want to chicken out, where you would call us to great works like you called Jonah. I pray, God, that that same call would come over lives at this time. I pray we would be captivated by the fact that you're a God who speaks and you keep speaking. Call us to more at this time, I pray, Jesus. Have your way in this place. Amen. It's good. Let me put this bottle down. So we start a series and it's so amazing. We start the series, obviously part of it. And when we planned it, we knew that we'd be planting a community into Milton this morning. Trusting that this is the mission. God has spoken through prophetic words over time, over relationships. He's spoken in many ways that God would take us on a mission and we would say, be ascending and extending people. That's what we, he's taking us on. But this guy, Jonah, is not like, he's not like a baby. He's not just arrived on the scene. He's had a story in God. He's a preacher, a prophesy. And God had used him in 2 Kings 14, if you take a look and you want to do a bit of research, you'll see that God used him to prophesy that success would come to the military campaigns for Jeroboam. So this is not an appy. This is not a guy who's heard God for the first time. He's a well-known preacher, and some would say the most respected preacher in Israel at the time. He's got some goods. He's got some credential. On his prophetic CD, he, CD. Maybe he's got a CD. Close your eyes. I'm going to talk of you. He's, he's got, maybe he's got a, a, a prophetic CV. He's nailed a few. He said you're going to win some battles, and they won some battles. This is Jonah. I think we like to read of him as a, as a little guy with just a round of obviously overwhelmed, so he runs. No, this is man, God's man. He's been used before. He's seen the faithfulness of God. We sing of the faithfulness of God in songs, but when God calls us, we need to rest on the faithfulness of God like an anchor in the ground. And that's the word that this, that God speaks to. And so this guy comes; his name names Dove, and he comes from a place called Gath Hefer in Zebulun. It's a nice place; have a couple of resorts there. You can go there on your worldwide trip. I thought it was very cute that the two ladies were wearing the same jersey, but that's just beside the point. Um, but this guy—what's important to know about Jonah is he's a Hebrew. And actually he's a racist. He's an unbelievable race. You see, the Hebrews had been persecuted, they'd been chased, and so what they did, they put their defences up against everyone of a different race and a different story, and they became the proud of as a nation, and they, they rose up in a rebellion, and, and the reality to them pagans and someone in Nineveh is a pagan, outside of God's people, they were the worst kind of human garbage in their eyes. Actually, to them they were the untouchables. So when the word of the Lord speaks a thing, says, go to them, he's going, what? We have to understand the context. Why Nineveh? And if we can pop up a little map, sorry, I pulled it off the internet this morning. It's um, slide number six. If we we're there, if you look at where Nineveh is, so he's in Israel, he's at Gath Hefer there, in the middle. If you go that way, 800 kilometers, you get to Nineveh. What does he decide to do? He decides to go this way to Tarshish, which is kind of like the end of the known world. In those days, remember the world was flat and you could fall off. So it was kind of like at the end. And, and Jonah, God's man, God's used prophet, guy who, who knows God, who's walked with God, chooses to go the opposite way. He goes to the east when God owes him to go west. And you start seeing the analogies. You see the scriptures, God takes our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. You start understanding there's a big deep story behind this story about a whale. It's not actually about a whale. And Nineveh was the capital of the sworn enemies, the Assyrians. And they were famous for their atrocious, atrocious war crimes. Their modus operandi were to go in to whole towns. And this is how they killed their opposition. They impaled them and watched them die. That was the world this is in. That's the people God is asking Jonah to go to. It's not like the mandate you put your hand up. Send me. Send me, God. Send me. I said to Rory, it's kind of like being called to Pretoria to go and preach. (laughs) I was very grateful to God he sent me to a place that has a mountain in the middle of the city. I was very grateful to God. I mean, they got lovely shopping centres, but that's a whole different thing. Can I just make a quick little aside? That big guy, Rory Dye, you saw in the face, probably the most influential voice on my life and the life of this church. Even if you don't know him, and uh, we're just so excited to partner with other churches. And I realise it's an evening service. I realise most don't come in the evening. But I would highly, highly encourage you to try, take a moment and prioritize that moment. God gives Ephesians 4 gifts for the benefit of the church. And we don't have those gifts in us all the time. So when they come to the city, we gather, we call, we come together as churches. And we say, God, lead us on. Take us on. Let your word spur us on to more. Can I ask you to try prioritize that time? We're going to gather with another church called Church on Main. And if you're single, it's a great place to meet people. I'm just saying. it's Just an aside. Not really important, but part of it. Um, But some big things up front. See, I hear people talk about the scripture. They talk about the story. as a great story God just put in the Bible. Let me just put it to you as to what I believe. This is not a story. This happened. And there's a number of reasons I believe that, and I think it's really important we do. But I believe 100% Jonah was a real man. There was a ship that was sinking. There was a whale or a big fish there was a worm that had a tree. I believe it. And the reason I believe it is because it's not told like a story, and it's not told like a parable, like all the parables were told. There was a story, and there's this whole story. And when Jesus told the parables, there weren't miracles in the parables. They were just stories pointing to a different story. In this story, there ate eight miracles. And we're going to touch on a few. This happened. There was a man named Jonah, and he walked the earth. And, and Jesus himself in his own ministry, points back to the sign of Jonah, when the people were struggling with their faith and struggling with their belief. Jesus himself points back, says, like the sign of Jonah, you need a sign like Jonah. A man spat out of a whale to go, wow. An unbelieving generation needs that sign. And if Jesus points back to it, I think it's pretty relevant. So let's start at the beginning. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, some of Amittai, or if you're like Josh, who's an intern at the ch- church, and was reading to us the other day. Said the son of Ametet. Um same sort of guy, just a different s- pronunciation, I think. And um, but I want to say, point number one: God speaks. God speaks. He speaks there. He spoke then, like he did to Jonah, and he keeps speaking. We serve a God, and we walk in relationship with a God who speaks. And he speaks to Jonah. And when God speaks normally, he often speaks to us about us, but often he's speaking to us about others, about the commissioning of God. He's calling us to his story. And Job says this in Job 13. Why do you complain to him? That he responds to no one's words, for God does speak. This is Job, eh? Now, one way, now another, though no one perceives it in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds. Pay attention, Job. Listen to me, be silent, and I will speak. Unfortunately, most of the church think God doesn't speak anymore. And so they think the answers can come from preachers and pastors, and they can, if they get a word from the pastors, God has spoken. They run off to prophetic meetings because God can speak to them. I promise you, God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you, and he's going to use the weirdest and the wackiest people sometimes, and the most simple and mundane realities sometimes. And when we were processing, going into ministry, uh, I, I, was, I was fighting it. I did not want to be a pastor. I wanted to be that guy. You know that guy, that guy who makes money for the kingdom. You know that guy. I wanted to be that guy, and I was wrestling. I said, "God, you've got to speak." I I don't know. You've used fish to bring um, coins from the bottom of the ocean. Do something. I need to hear you, because I had this internal wrestle. And there was this guy named John Donaldson. And if you know John Donaldson, he's a very eccentric man, a beautiful man. He led a church, but very eccentric. When he would talk to you, talk to you, you hear and you go, "You boy, you you boy," like I'm over here. I'm over here. And I'd never spoken to John Donson. One day while I was wrestling the call of God and wrestling a whole bunch of stuff, I went to pick and pay. And I'm walking down the aisles and I bump into John Donson. Now I know his name and he knows who I am, but we've never really spoken. He walks up to me in this very eccentric way. He says, you boy. Uh, <laughs> me. Yes, you boy. Okay, I'm the only one here. Yes, John. God has called you to speak the word of God. He's called you to preach. Find yourself in the word. And literally just walks off. I'm like, I'm not quite sure what just happened. But I'm going to take that one as a coincidence. Three days later, my wife sends me to pick and pay. To buy nappies probably. Because that's what we bought for the last seven years. And, um, and, and, and I bump into, guess who? John Donaldson. Again. You boy. Still me, yes. still Still me. You, boy, you're called to preach the word of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that was weird for me. And I went home to Kansas and said, I'm not sure, but I think God's speaking. And there were a whole bunch of other things. It wasn't just Don Donaldson. But will you hear the whispers of God? And will you see the eccentric nature of God? Because God doesn't paint inside the lines that we paint. And he's not going to send you a memo from heaven. Dear Frank, it's God. Just want to let you know, I've been praying for you. As Christians always write in the email, we know that. It says, been paying, thinking about your buddy, and blah 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 blah. Hashtag God. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna send us an email. God speaks and he spoke to Jonah, a guy who'd heard him before. How does he speak? He speaks through his word. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17, So and, and Isaiah 55, verse 11, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That is the word of God. You want to hear God? Read the Bible. Honestly, we live in a generation of McDonald's and drive and take your whole meal and duck, but there's nothing in the meal. And the milkshakes are made of Potatoes honestly. We can't be eating milkshakes of the word of God that are made of potatoes. Not, didn't plan that analogy, just came out really. But God can also speak through events, situations, moments, you there. He uses those moments. He speaks and he also speaks audibly sometimes. Now in the scripture, that's not the overwhelming way God speaks. So to be honest, every time I meet someone, if I see someone every second day, and every second day they're hearing from God, I look at the words. Not the overwhelming, but he does. And I want it. I want it. I want to hear the voice of God. I want to be attentive. The big thing is, we are Jonah in this book. And like Jonah, some of us have heard before, and maybe you've had them, but we're not sure we want to hear because he might call us to a place like Nineveh where they impale my kind. Imagine being one of those missionaries. You arrive on the shores and out come out. Big sword. And you know the last guy lost his head and the guy behind him lost his head. But the gospel called you to that place. What do you do? What did Simon do when he preached? Not Simon, Philip. He preached the word of God and he knew that he knew he was offending everything inside of the religion. And he knew they would stone him and he didn't care. He looked into heaven and saw the favor in the face of God. And he smiled. I want that. There are many things in this life you and I can chase, but I want that because nothing satisfies and nothing sustains like the presence of the almighty living God. Nothing sustains like knowing the will of God, that he is holding you, that he is with you, and we settle for things like, well, it's good and pleasing. The promise is good and pleasing and perfect will of God. Romans tells us test and approve. You can test and approve that God has a good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And let me tell you, it doesn't always seem good and pleasing to you. God's will for Jonah was to go to Nineveh, and it didn't seem good and pleasing to him at the time. And then God says this thing, go to this great city of Nineveh. Are you joking, God? They're a bunch of crazy dudes who kill people and impale them. It's like that's what they do for sport. How can this be a great city? And can I say, South Africans, we've got to be careful. We aren't saying the same thing about our nation at this time. We've got to see what God sees. We've got to see the great nation that is in his heart, that he's done amazing things to. We look back and see his faithfulness, and we call out the greatness that he calls out of this nation at this time. Will we be those people? Will we see what God sees? Will we hear what he's saying? I think if Jonah could have, if he would had, had like one of those, those idols, judges, buzzers that annihilated Nineveh, he would have just smacked the thing. Bob, bomb, poof. That's what his attitude and his decisions show us. What does Jesus say in Matthew 5, verse 44? I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He doesn't say it's going to be easy. doesn't say you're not going to wrestle and struggle. He doesn't say you're not going to lose sleep about it. He just says, do it. You want a radical inheritance in God, walk with radical obedience to his word and his call. Nineveh was hectic, but God had called Jonah there. I want to promise you that if you seek the will of God and with earnest and, and submission to his word, and God speaks, I promise you that will will sustain. The ladies here are walking with husbands in difficult scenarios, and God is sustaining and holding them. And it's difficult. The people here aren't well. God has spoken words over a future. It's difficult. But if we don't have the voice of God, we have nothing. We might as well be a bowls club and turn this into an action cricket hall and just gather. But when God speaks, if you remember one thing, take one thing, God speaks. You know why Nineveh was awesome, with all its chaos, because there were 120 people there, no, 120,000 people there, Jonah 4 tells us, because unfortunately when you prepare a series, you kind of read ahead, so I'd encourage you, it takes about seven minutes to read the whole book, read it, the Bible says are 120,000 people there, that's a lot of people, and the Bible says they didn't know they're left from the right, so we're not talking about four-year-olds who don't know they're left from their right, they were clueless about life, they didn't have any grounding, any way forward, you know, it also says for our pet lovers out here and many animals, all the pet lovers go, yes, yes. Yuna's not here this morning. It's her 60th birthday this weekend, but she would love that scripture They hold on to that scripture. I love pets, sort of. And um, then it carries, it says, and preach against it because it's wickedness has come up before God's saying, I don't need you to think it's perfect. I know it's wicked, but I'm sending you anyway. Carries on. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the airport. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee the Lord. The ESV version and most other versions say to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. That word presence means face. He made a decision that took him away from the face of God. You know, youngsters, they don't learn what they look like or how, they, how they're doing or whatever from a mirror. They learn it from your response as a parent. And you're telling them they're beautiful. And you're investing in their lives. The problem is when we get older, we take our eyes off parent figures and we put our eyes on ourselves in a mirror. And we begin to speak to ourselves. We begin to speak words of ourselves. And God says, stop it. You are called for my presence. You are called for my face. Jonah didn't run from a city. He didn't run from Nineveh. He ran from the presence of God. I want us to be a people who run to the presence of God. A people who move with the presence of God. You see, sin, to me, is anything that we worship and anything that takes us from the presence of God. And to deliberately hear God's word and calling is to sin, is to run from the presence of God, is to leave that place. And sin always leads to hiding. Where does Jonah go? He goes down, down. He goes down to Tarshish, down into a ship, down into the belly of the ship, and the ship goes down almost. There's a whole lot of going down when we move and we leave the presence of God. And Tarshish, well, I don't think it was any great shakes. It was the end of the earth. It was the embodiment of opulence, gold, and money. It might have been Joburg in the heartbeat of all the cash. It might have been New York. It could have been a lot of things. But can I make this statement? There's always going to be a ship going to Tarshish. Imagine Jonah. It's like God's called me there. i tell you what I'm mean. going to I'm going to take a detour via this little place here. And oh, there's Joppa. Oh, there's a ship going to Tarshish. God is good. Hashtag blessed. It's like God is good. He provided a ship. It's an open door. And Christians, I love it. I'm ripping off Christians. God has opened a door. No, he hasn't. There's always a ship going to Tarshish. You can get a visa. Lots of people who don't know God get visas to anywhere in the world. You can get lots of jobs. Lots of people who don't know God get lots of jobs. And I'm having fun with a very, very, very big issue. That there will always be many opportunities go the other way. You're unhappy in your marriage? I promise you. You open your eyes. There will be many opportunities to walk into some other scenario. God will never, ever send you someone else's spouse. I'm just telling you. He'll never do it. Ever. Did I make that point strong enough? (laughs) Um, The enemy opens doors all the time. You want a quick buck? You want to make a quick buck? You don't want to work? You want to make a quick buck? I promise you there'll be opportunities that'll arise. You'll find them. Just go on Google. Who knows where they lead? You want to feel sorry for yourself and caught up in your own pain? Well, there'll be lots of opportunities and lots of stones for you to throw at others and gossip to get going. I promise you the enemy is the opportunist king. That's why it's so important. We long for the presence, the face of God and say, God, I need you to speak. Now, I'm not the guy who prays about his socks in the morning. I'm not that guy. I don't think we have to be. I'm talking about the decisions of where God would place us because Acts 17 tells us And it would be really good for me to find it around about now. It is here. Oh, have I got it? Anyway, let me find it somewhere here. It tells us that God calls us specific places at specific times. He mandates and he speaks. Let me try to find it. See, this is when you like to have those old Bibles you've written in a million times. Help me, someone. 32. No, 22. 22. 26, I'm taking your word for it. Yes, there we go. From one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. It's the Bible, guys, not me. Which means something like this. And you know the statement, God is everywhere and I can love Jesus everywhere. Really? This Bible says he determines the exact time and the exact places you should live. Why are you in Cape Town now? Because you're a missionary sent for the purpose of the kingdom of God. And maybe you landed here because you got a job. I don't care. But I know you're here. And maybe you say, well, I didn't trust God to move here. So maybe I'm going to say, I'm just, well, well, now you're going to do it again. Now you're not going to ask. You're not going to walk. And I'm telling you, I I am being strong with this because I'm telling you, we live a a superstitious Christianity that doesn't lead to God. And then we get grumpy with God when it leads us to chaos. I'm just being honest. And we've got to hear these words. And Jonah is a massive affront to everything that's about me and every opportunity. Can I make three statements why I think Jonah ran? I think we ought to understand why Jonah ran and ask ourselves, do we run and why do we run? Is this all right? I'll be three minutes, maybe four. Number one, he was worshiping something other than God. What was he worshipping? Anyone? Himself. He loved himself. Sure he was a servant of God. Sure he'd done some cool stuff. He loved himself. He loved himself enough to walk away from the face of God. He loved himself to say, I don't care about 120,000 people. I'm going to go this way, to what I think is opulence, to what I think is cool. I'm going to catch a little boat there because the door is open. He was running from the presence of God. He was running from the face of God. And the challenge is when all we can see is ourselves, we can't see God. That's why the answer is always get your eyes off yourself. Lift. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Why to the hills? Because our King is on the hill. He is victorious, seated on his throne. And I'm getting my eyes off myself. We are so good at focusing on ourselves. We're too good. All of us. I know it. I've got to get back in the presence of God, get captivated by the glory and the wonder of Jesus. The second point, he was a happy wonder. He was just happy to be, well, I'm just here, just in Bloomberg now, and next minute I'm, I'm here, next minute I'm there. No, no, no. Times and places. Actually, this is where the scripture is supposed to be used. But I've got to be honest that, that God speaks, and he calls, and God gives liberating restrictions. You know that? Like a father, I stand with my boys. I say, boys, you can go there. You can go there, and mom gets nervous because she thinks it should be there and there. I say, but you can go there, and you can go there, and you can go there, but you can't go beyond that. And you see them. It's like full pace to there. That was Judah. Ben was just like this. He's just gone. just <laughs> There. He saw something I didn't see. God gives. A good father gives good gifts. A good father gives liberating restrictions and boundaries. And he calls us to places for our blessing, for our good, and not just for our good, that we would be a blessing to the nations. You are blessed by God, yes. It doesn't stop there. You're blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed to sow. You're blessed to be a, a, a transformative power in this nation. That's why we're here. We can run from it. He'd, the third point, why he was on his track, he'd lost his identity. You know what my identity is? is Christian, which is little Christ. You know Christ was? The first missionary sent on a mission to save the world with a story that is unbelievable and transforming in everything. And he says, who are you? No, you're not just a survivor. No, you're not just someone waiting for heaven. That's too small. You're a missionary sent full of the power of God. Under Acts 1 verse 8, the power and the spirit of God to go and declare and proclaim. That's who you are. Understand who you are, and I promise you will live a life wild. You might end up in Nineveh, but you know what? I'd rather be in Nineveh with God than in Joppa or Tarshish without Him. It's not an option for me. It's not a choice. It's not even well. Let me think about it. No rubbish. I want God. Because when I look at my life, and and Francis Chan's analogy, he brings us on a black stage, brings this long white rope. He says, this is our life. Everyone goes, awesome. He puts a little piece of red tape on there and goes, this is my life on earth. And everyone goes, oh. He says, stop living for this little time. Live for that time. I want to be that, and I want to call us to that. The last thing is, if we're looking at Jonah, we're looking at ourselves, he hadn't fully got it. And when you, we're going to look at it, but he was a racist. And you know what? He knew God is gracious, God is kind. He said, God, I won't go. Why won't you? Because I know you're kind and I know you're going to forgive them. And God goes, do you know what I've done for you and the Israelite people? The most unfaithful people in the Old Testament ever. You've forgotten. And you haven't got it, Jonah. Yes, you can hear my voice. Yes, you can preach, you can prophesy. But you haven't got it. You've got to get it deep inside. I am loving. I am gracious. And I will keep being loving and gracious. So, as we land this opening, I trust, I want to, number one, encourage you to read the Word of God, please. And read, it's so short, it's four chapters, read different versions. See God in, 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 the, in the design of the detail. Can I ask this? Take ownership. We are Jonah. In every synagogue, in Jewish synagogue, on the day of Yom Kippur, they make a statement, they make a a, a declaration, a confession as a congregation. And this is the congregation, the confession. We are Jonah. You know that? Still. We are Jonah. We are sent by God. And we have the potential to run from him. Or to run towards him. Let me tell you this, you can run from him, he'll still keep pursuing you. It's just who God is. Second thing I'd love you to speak Well, identify your Toshish. If we're going to do the Bible, don't come and get inspired by me. Go identify. What's your Toshish? What's the thing that makes you want to run from God? What's the thing? What's the brokenness? What's the, the thing, the, the thing that's so bright, that could possibly make you want to leave the presence of God? What's your Nineveh? What's, what's, the, the, what's the place, the thing that God you know God has spoken love speaking with people i want god to speak what's the last thing he said well in 1995 he told me to do this okay have you done that no no but i want god to speak no in 1995 god told you to do something do it do it it's not complicated this walk is about obedience identify in nineveh what are you running from Some are running from, oh, I don't like the church. I got hurt in the church and yes, I don't want to get connected in the church. Get over it. We've all been hurt in the church. I spent 20 years in the church. That guy, Rory Dyes, hurt me more than anyone else. But I absolutely love him. I'm so grateful for God in my life. And he never did it intentionally. But because God knits hearts and you form such deep relationship, hurt happens. Oh, I I, I trusted God last time and, and he wasn't faithful. He is always faithful. You just got to see it. The next four weeks, we're going, and it's all about the gospel, and it's about the gospel defining our lives. Trust me, please, 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 I'm not angry. I'm just passionate about an amazing God who is glorious, and he wants to call you to play a part in his story, a sending and extending story bigger than our comfort zones, bigger than our smallness, and captivating in everything. Can I pray for us? Is that good? Is that right, Emmanuel? Jesus, we just, we captivated. I see you, and I read Jonah, and I see a heart for a city of chaos. But I see your heart calling out, and I pray, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. This heart of mine that is so selfish. This heart of mine that goes down the road of, I deserve, I deserve. God, all I deserve is to walk with you. All I want is to know you all our desires to be in your presence and to know the sweetness and the wonder of knowing you. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Father. I need you, Holy Spirit. And I pray as a church, as we go on this journey, as you call us and commission us to walk with you, to, 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 to fall in with your word, to listen for your voice, that you're the God who speaks. I pray, God, speak. Speak. Disturb comfort at this time. Disturb apathy disturb distance from you that we might be a people who long to walk with you we worship you amen